0: Good morning everyone. We are so excited to be back. At the end of this month, the 29th, March 29th, as we're wrapping up the month, we have an amazing guest joining us today, Ms. Valerie Gaeta Phillips, who is the owner of Bob Murray and Associates, a fierce Latina in her own right and an awesome recruiter so we're going to spend a little time this morning with her and chat about what that all looks like you know what what the recruitment process looks like how to you know get out there and get that job and land that job and the resources that are available so with that i'm going to go ahead and welcome Ms. valerie and have her tell us a little bit about yourself
1: Awesome, good morning. I'm super excited to be here with you too, and, and your audience. Um, again, I'm Valerie Agueda Phillips, president and owner of Bob Marine Associates. A little bit of uh, my backstory, you know, Latina, Latina owned firm, very proud of that. But a little of my backstory, I'm, I'm from the Bay Area. Um, my mom is an immigrant from Mexico. Uh, my dad's family is from Jalisco, Mexico. So kind of grew up in San Jose, um, It was all orchards back then. Now it's very different. Uh, So big family on both sides of my family, big Latino family and very close family. So I ended up staying in the Bay Area, kind of growing up, going to school there, uh, started my first job there. I was in sales and somehow landed in, in recruiting. I couldn't even really tell you how that happened. I got recruited to be a recruiter. (laughs) <laughs> so I started. I started recruiting, and I've done all different types of recruiting. I've worked on site with high, on high on high tech companies pre-IPO, either staffing from everything from receptionist to CEO. Uh, I've done uh, conducted retain searches for C, C-level folks for high tech companies, again, public and private. Um, did that for probably close to 15 years. Actually, met my husband Gary. We both worked in the Tech Mart building, which is right across from uh, I guess Le- Levi Stadium, the 49er Stadium, right there in Santa Clara. And uh, met him there, and he worked for Sun Microsystems at the time, and he was building organizations, and uh, you know, just we got married, I kept recruiting, did some consulting, worked on site up until I had my first son who just graduated from San Jose State. And then we moved to the Roseville area, which is near Sacramento. Uh, I met Bob via LinkedIn and I met with him and, He ended up hiring me as a part-time kind of consultant recruiter, and about a year and a half later, I bought the firm from him. So I always like to tell people I'm Bob, or Roberto, as we said earlier today, (laughs) I'm the new Bob Murray. And Bob Murray & Associates is an executive search firm that conducts retained searches for executive-level searches only. So we don't do staffing at supervisor-manager level, typically. It's usually kind of what we call like C-level positions, like city managers. CEO, executive director, chief building official. So those level positions for municipalities. We focus mainly on the Western states. Uh, we do work in Texas as well. We have a recruiter there now. She's a retired chief from Salinas Latina, Adele Frase, And uh, so we do focus municipalities. So we do state, um, local government, county, special district, um, as well as quite a few nonprofit executives searches. And so I'd love to kind of talk to folks today about, you know, what we see the trends are for recruiting. You know, everything was Zoom when, when COVID hit. A lot of that, we're going back into in-person interviews for at least the final round of interviews for recruitments. Um, but we're still utilizing technology for Zoom for, you know, preliminary interviews as well as first round of interviews. And I can kind of talk to you in a kind of an executive search process, but I also can talk to you guys a little bit about you know, how to make that next step in your career and some tips so we can go in any direction or all directions today. So I, I've got a lot to say, but I don't want to assume that I know what everyone wants to hear from me.
2: <laughs> so, you <laughs> know, we, we do encourage our audience to ask questions. If you ever ask questions, you have one of the top uh, recruiters on on here with us today. So please ask your questions. Uh, you know, I don't think any questions silly because I, I sat on so many uh, interview panels and I can tell you um, with my own experience that, Every city looks for something different and Mm -hmm. it might be the candidate for one city, but not be the candidate for another city. So you shouldn't let that, um, you know, get that what we call a dear John letter, uh, you know, kind of hurt you and, you know, uh, keep you from moving forward. But You know, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for coming on the show. You know, I'm a big fan of you on LinkedIn. You know, we're LinkedIn fans. The first time I saw her at the League of Cities, it felt like I knew her, I gave her a big hug, and then we started talking. And then we're like, like, hey, let's do our show.
1: (laughs) I met my match. You you utilize social media, both of you guys, as much as I do. I think it's a really useful tool. And that's one of my tips as well to potential candidates is to utilize social media, but utilize it in the right way. Because recruiters look at that potential potential uh, supervisors, bosses will look at your social media. We do for any applicants who apply for positions. And I know a lot of, I've, I've had folks say, well, it's my business, not theirs. And I, it is your business but when you put it out in public like
0: that it's not just your business it's everybody's business so we look at that so i'm so happy you you said that valerie because you know you're you're on the money you have no idea how many times um pete and i have had this conversation within our group of professionals where we always remind just just because you think it's private right or just because you think someone might not know or just because you're in a group and you think You know, the group is safe doesn't necessarily mean that there's a guarantee that what you're saying or what you're putting out there in the world isn't going to necessarily come back, you know, and rear its ugly head. So it's always super important to, you know, be mindful. You're a professional, especially on social media, things tend (laughs) to come back and bite you. So I like that you said that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have a, a I have two young sons, and my one, my son that just graduated from San Jose State. He's doing a lot of our media for us right now, and I do speak to him about that. You know, he uses Snapchat. He uses everything, and I'm like, okay, Mihal, you need to you need to be aware if you're out there putting your application into some of these organizations that they're going to look at that, and they do because he's in the film industry, you know, acting and film media, cinematography. Although they don't seem to care as much about that kind of stuff, they want to see the craziness. But in our world, right?
0: Not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I also like that you're moving into kind of that second phase of in-person uh interviews again i think that is so fundamental we we, we pivoted right with with kobe mm-hmm. we pivoted we we did what we needed to do and we we had the online platform to be able to vet out potential candidates but i think there's something to be said about that in-person interaction where you really get the essence of a person um through Kinesics and body language because you're reading a person you're kind of getting to know them a little bit more you're seeing their comfort level you're you're a little better as far as okay i think i get the angle where they're coming from you know because on the screen i mean you you only get what you get right Right. um so it's, it's almost similar to reviewing an application on paper but not really knowing the real deal in person. So I, I like that a lot that you you guys are moving towards that approach and, and that would be, I think, great for departments to start doing just nationwide. It, it, makes, a, I, it, it
1: makes a huge difference. So I will tell you, we conduct over a hundred executive recruitments a year and I'm pretty proud, I'm gonna knock on wood right now that we don't really get too many redo searches. And what is a redo search? It's when someone didn't quite work out. Um, either it just wasn't the right fit or they were in maybe in another process and that was later and then they ended up leaving to take that job. Again, that doesn't happen very often. It's pretty rare. But what we have found is that I've had a couple searches, two searches since COVID that I've had to redo. And it was only, they only interviewed the candidate via Zoom or video through the whole process. And then once the person started, they didn't realize, whoa, okay, this just isn't the right fit. Because you cannot get that that fit, you know, from, from a zoom interview, you just can't um, right. huff. And, but with COVID, we had to do that for two years and our clients did. So it's, it's interesting that now we're, we, like you said, we're pivoting back now to in-person interviews and that makes all the difference. Yeah. So I, I always try to tell folks, you know, even for zoom, dress for the job because I have people that look like they rolled right out of bed. And I'd be like, Oh my God, do you not own a comb? What? Why? <laughs> And I even, had, I even had a gentleman who I he you know bless his soul. He had a shirt tie on. He forgot to change out of his robe, so he put his blazer on. He had his robe, big fluffy robe on during his interview Zoom. And if he had if he was leaving the house for an interview, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have worn his robe. So, I mean, I think things have just changed so much the past two years, and it, it's it feels nice going back to the the new normal. I do think we're going to keep um, kind of our first round of interviews possibly via Zoom, sure. but the top candidates in person with the with the hiring entity, whether it's the city manager or the department head uh, director. Um, I, th- I do think it makes a big difference. You know, and, and some other, you know, you guys had mentioned about, you know, what are some tips or what is somebody who wants to make it to take that next step in their career. And so, you know, some of my my tips for folks that I consider up and coming and and we really have in the past eight plus years since we've owned Bob Marine Associates, really try to develop our develop those relationships with organizations that have memberships, members that are those up and coming. And what we usually we do mock interviews with a lot of them. I think belonging to joining organizations that are relevant to the field that you're interested in are super important. Uh, we sponsor so many I can't even keep count, um, but I think it's important to 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 meet with like minded folks, people that are in the industry, um, find a mentor. If you're really interested, you know, set some goals, um, short-term and long-term, because you might think, you know what, I want to be a city manager someday, and I think that's fantastic. I think you should go for it. But what's your short-term goal? You're not going to go from a, um, an, possibly an analyst, entry-level analyst, to a city manager in your next role. So what are the steps that you need to take to get there? So set some short term goals. And I always think, you know, develop a relationship with your supervisor if you can. Sometimes that's doable. Sometimes it isn't. Find a mentor. Talk to your HR department about what some of your short term goals are. You know, training. You know, see if there's training that can be offered, whether it's, you know, they have to pay for it or it's free. There's a lot of free, great stuff out there right now. And again, joining those organizations, I think it's, that's kind of that short term. And then, you know, set those goals and those milestones. You may have to, we use that word pivot and we use it a lot, but you may have to pivot from what that line looks like to where your end goal is. You might have to take a sidestep here or a sidestep there. Um, sometimes you have to leave an organization to grow. And that's not a bad thing. I, that happens a lot. I think not, not being afraid to do that is, is huge. There's a lot of opportunities out there right now. It's a buyer's market when it comes to candidates, but I think you really need to do your homework on the culture. You know, yeah, money's important, but, you know, the culture, the organization, you know, look at the history of it, talk to somebody who works there. I think, you know, not just putting your application in because the compensation's really high is a mistake. And we see lots of folks making that mistake because it might not be the right culture fit. Um, So those are like some of my tips, you know, developing your relationships with the executive recruiters. I get a lot of people emailing me or messaging me on LinkedIn. Hey, you know, blah, blah. blah, And I try to get back to everyone that I can. I'm carrying a pretty full load right now of executive searches, but I always try to get back to someone, even if it's two or three weeks out. And I know that sounds like a long time and I'm not trying to be rude, but it's like, I I definitely want to follow up because I always look to that person as you're the future. You're going to be the next director in maybe, maybe five, six, seven years. And I want to develop those relationships with those folks that are kind of the up and coming or place you in that first position as a director Um, you know that's always my end goal and getting more women and people of color to apply for positions that's still an issue and that's that's a passion of mine of getting more women and people of color to apply for these executive level positions because we just don't get enough Um, it's better and i like to tout that our firm does get we do produce a really good diverse pool of candidates for every recruitment but it's still not enough. I'm, that's why I'm speaking to groups, you know, like this, uh, Women Leading Government, um, Local Government Hispanic Network, I belong to the National Forum for Black, Black Public Administrators. I think it's really important. Um, I also, you know, if I walk, if I talk or walk that talk, I want my firm to reflect that as well. When we took over, when I bought Bob Marine Associates, it looked a lot different than how it looks now. I've got a lot of women on my executive team now here and uh, women of color as well and we represent LGBTQ as well and so I'm I'm really excited about that I feel like I can speak to that like hey yeah diversity is important to me but also my firm look at my firm you know so I'm not shy about that and so I feel like I'm jumping all over the place a little bit but
2: no we love it we love it and
1: I've had I've had a
2: I'm not. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that. But, you know, you know, um, by the way, happy, you know, we're coming to the end of the uh, Women's Month and we really appreciate being on here. You know, being a strong Latina, strong business woman, business owner, it means the world to us for us to have these types of guests. And not only that, but at a top level, you know, you're, you're doing what you're saying you're doing. I love it. I love seeing your stuff on LinkedIn. I love all the information that you put out there. You know, I see that the forums that you go on. You know, Cecilia and I, myself, we do that for our code enforcement group. And, you know, when we always like to segue what we do into the um, into these interviews, so it, when it has to do with code enforcement. Now, uh, one, of the, one of the things, and I was sharing this story with you earlier, was when I first applied for a supervisor uh, gig, I thought I had it, I had my degree, I had experience, and they put somebody with zero experience, but tons of management skills to oversee us. And in my opinion, they ruined our program. Made me super salty because I thought it was mine to photo taking. <laughs> and you know, and that manager walked me one day and says, Hey, you know, it's gonna be your turn one day, just not right now. And I didn't want to hear it. I'm like, dude, you took my job, you know what you're talking about, you know nothing about. But in retrospect, being at a director level now, I can see, you know what, at that, that time I was immature. I wasn't uh, willing to listen to my team. I was that, that young butt that thought he knew it all. And, you know, looking at it now, it's like, it was probably a good thing that I didn't get that position. And, you know, it actually, what you said, sometimes the pathway of success isn't in that jurisdiction. So you have to move. And that's what I had to do. And every single jurisdiction that I left, it always hurt that I left because I loved it so much. But it was for that personal growth that you talk about. It You know, sometimes you have to take those opportunities and those chances and, you know, like Look at Cecilia. She was the uh, assistant deputy billing official. And then now uh, she's over here with me doing our thing, you know, promoting. COVID. No,
1: I think I've tried to recruit her a few times.
2: <laughs> Darn it. That's good. You know what? I would, I, you know what? Um, there's always, um, that for us being what we're doing, we love what we do. And we never know because when I interview for different places, I'm interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing me. Right you know and 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 it's funny that you said you know learn the culture is not just about compensation yeah loving what we do right and being able to say hey this city needs me i have a lot to offer to them because if they just want a body to fill i'm not really interested i'm interested in innovating and changing the 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 spectrum and making our profession go to that next level to me that's so important and you know i agree with you that's what makes good city managers um i've i've had the pleasure of serving under several great city managers. I also had the pleasure of not serving (laughs) under some great city managers, but it's, you know, but at the end of the day, I I think their leadership style and allowing their staff to grow is so important for me to be in that type of environment. So, and, you know, thank you for, you know, saying what you said about, you know, seeking the right place for you.
1: Right. No, it's so important. Um, And I love the fact that you shared that story about being a little salty Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Our faulty. Yeah, you know what, that you're human and yeah. it, rejection is not fun. I don't like it. I mean, like I told you, I've presented against other search firms and have lost. It doesn't happen too often, but you know, it can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, as an executive recruiter, uh, we, we are, the, the process isn't over. Even when we tell, tell you, you have not, you didn't, you weren't selected to move forward. How you handle that is quite telling, and we are watching, and and I don't mean that in a bad way, it's just how you handle the rejection um, really shows us who you are as a leader as well and how you handle it, Um, because if you're going to be a really big jerk about it, it's like, wow, okay, it wasn't our choice. We present the candidates and the client picks the candidate. You know, we just present the best that we can and then make that decision tough for the city manager or city council or the board. And then they ultimately land on someone and then we let the candidates know that they weren't moving forward. So I, you have to just be mindful of how you handle that. You know, again, rejection is not fun. But the executive recruiter is still watching on how you handle that process. And if you are a big jerk, if you're going to, you know, then that's telling for us and mental, you know, make a mental note of that. Um, for the most part, most people handle it okay. Rejection's rejection. But that means you're just on a path to somewhere else. That one wasn't for you.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I- so what one what are, so are the qualities and experience that you look for in these types of executive searches? You know, because I know sometimes um, when I do um, sit on panels, people are telling me, even though it's a higher level position, they're telling me how great of a, let's say, supervisor they are when we're looking for a manager, or they'll tell me how great of a, a senior officer they are when we're looking for a supervisor. So what are some experiences and qualities that you look for in candidates when they're moving to that? N- not not just that next step.
1: Yeah. And that's difficult. And uh, I mean, it can be being able to be so you're going to go from the 10,000 foot level with your answers to the 20,000 foot level. And you know, it's just much more broad. So being able to, um, you know, I, I think where I see the biggest hiccup and the tough part for some folks is when they have not supervised direct reports, And then they're trying to get into that next position where you are going to have direct reports and FTEs under them. That's, it's not that it can't be done, but that's the toughest hurdle. And then I'll get people calling me, well, why, you know, why am I not getting an interview? I've got all these technical, I have all this technical experience. I project manage people. That's not the same. It's a great skill and it's great to have that. But being able to say, um, you know, I think getting involved with other organizations where you are managing folks, whether it's, um, you know, like a mentor group or you've got um, interns that, you know, it's not quite the same, but you're getting that experience. And again, I think that's where you'd go and talk to your boss and try to get someone that you can supervise under you. So that's one of the hurdles that I see. But being able to answer questions in a panel interview that reflect more of a higher level than what you're currently at is really important. You know, using we and I Sprinkled throughout your interview is important because if you just say it's so funny You know, it depends on the panel, but if you just say we the whole time then they think that you Never really did it. It was a group effort that you didn't really supervise it So being clear on your role on projects or you know supervising folks or communication to stakeholders um, You know on working on budgets, so I think not being afraid to brag is important Men seem to have that down. Women don't as much. And I don't mean to be sexist here, but we women just don't sell ourselves enough. We might see 10 things on a job, you know, a job brochure and we have eight of them. So we don't apply where a lot of men look at that and have two out of the 10 and they apply. So there is still that difference. And so being able to sell yourself without coming across fool of yourself, there is a difference. Yeah. So confidence, there's a difference with confidence rather than kind of cocky. Um, and one of the things I, I tell folks, and I speak to this in a lot of different panels, is, look, if you're going to interview for your first executive level position, maybe deputy director position, um, reach out to me. Let me know what the position is, and I'll send you some sample interview questions. Google panel interview questions. You can find anything on the Internet. Practice. Practice. I know that sounds a little cheesy. Practice with a friend on Zoom if it's going to be on Zoom. Have them asking you the questions. Answer the questions. You can record yourself and go back and watch it. You might over critique yourself, but there's things that you can do to better prepare yourself to sell yourself. Um, And I always try to tell candidates when they're interviewing, and this has nothing to do with the technical stuff, but to remember, you know, to dress for the job and smile. Because a smile can really kind of relax you. Um, And I get candidates who are so nervous, they don't. I had one yesterday and um, phenomenal candidate, but just didn't interview well. And it was like, oh, didn't convey enough of that uh, experience. And it was a lot of, uh, you know, scattered thinking. So I think practicing how you're going to answer questions is really important. Not just the technical questions, but what makes you an effective leader. I ask that question for every interview. So I'm letting everyone know you're going to get that question from me when I interview you, what (laughs) makes you an effective leader and how you, I'm not going to tell you how to answer that question, but you you tell me, um, you know, what was something, uh, an ethical dilemma you faced and, um, what would you have done differently? How did you handle it? What would you have done differently? That's not a question you always expect to get, or what was a failure? You know, walk me through what it was and what, what did you learn from it? What would you have done differently? Being able to speak to that, but always end on a positive, I always try candidates and on a positive note, um, because I think that's that's the last thing we're going to hear on the answer of that question. I might be getting into too much detail here, but this is just some of the things that I see for interviews that some mistakes that folks make or they don't really answer the question. I, I sometimes get folks that maybe haven't supervised folks and they're not answering the question. They're trying to give some other answer and it's really clear so sometimes it's just better to be really honest look at I haven't supervised direct reports but if I if I if I were to get this position this is how I would come in my first 60 or 90 days and develop a rapport with a team you know so give some examples and say well and I, I haven't done it in my current job but I've done it as a volunteer in this organization where I supervise Blah blah blah, and talk about that. Or in college, I was in charge of this, and I did supervise. So use some of those types of examples, but don't try to dance around it, and you don't really answer the question.
2: And and that's that's another question that I really wanted to have. Uh, You know, what are some tips? Because we do ask some of these questions, and they're kind of open ended, and the question never gets answered. They'll give me like a five minute, ten minute (laughs) spiel that's completely irrelevant. And you know, and some of these candidates are great candidates, but they just get too nervous and start talking and don't know how to answer the question you know like a simple like tell me about yourself and i don't hear anything about themselves i hear about all the great stuff that they belong mm-hmm. to oh, right. an association and that's cool the association does the yada yada, yada and you know we're going to it for five minutes and i'm like okay well what about you what, are, what have you done to be here today you know so that that's right. another thing and you know one thing i i know like on our level sometimes we're dealing with the code officer, the code supervisor, the manager, and you're dealing more of a like hundred foot, you know, view uh-huh. down. Um, one of the things I always, when people reach out to me and they're great people and they don't get the job, I'm like, look, a lot of times you got to, you don't think of it as an, an interrogation. Think of it as a conversation. You know, you're, you're going in there for a job that, you know, you're doing 20 minutes for a 20 year career. So, <laughs> you know, a lot of times you, you have to think about it like that, you know, because to me, it's so important that people go in there with that expectation. I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm here. I'm going to put my best foot forward, and mm-hmm. I want to be the best candidate that this city has. I mean, that's that's really the mindset you have to go into. I mean, right. hoping that I get the job is not the good mindset. I'm like, you know, <laughs> this is mine. This is one thing I learned from Cecilia. This is mine. I am here. <laughs> I am the really good girl. That, that's her. I love it. So, yeah. Cecilia.
0: Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more. And and those are some Hard hitting uh, facts, Valerie, because for me being on the other side of that interview panel, you know, looking at the candidates that are before me, I'm looking for, you know, usually three things, Um, how they present themselves, right? First of all, how they show up, because you mentioned the robe and everything. Yes, (laughs) how they show up is so fundamental, because I'm Mm -hmm. looking to see at their level of commitment for the position that they're applying for. And it usually starts with your first, um, you know, that first impression that you get right? Whether it's virtual or in person, I'm looking to see if you're committed to this, if this is really something that you want. And that usually comes across in the way that you prepare yourself physically, right? How you're presenting yourself, because this is your brand. This is what you're branding. I always tease with my kids and I say, this is the money maker." <laughs> right? This is what I'm putting out in the world. Cool. And then second to that, if I've already had an opportunity to review your, uh, your resume, then I'm going to expect that you give me some points from that resume. I'm going to expect some experience. Sometimes we get folks that have been in a specific field for more than five, seven, 10 years, and they have almost this attitude of, well, I have all these things. They're on my resume, as you saw, and they don't expand or elaborate. And so for me, it's almost like, well, I get that, but why don't you tell me You know, I'm looking for like highs and lows, um, you know, strengths and weaknesses. I'm looking for how you're going to interact with other teams, Mm -hmm. team members. I'm looking Mm -hmm. for those things and those things you get from the essence of that interview. So answering that question, the last one, answering the question fully, right? Right. Right. The extent of where you're saying, well, actually, let me just give you some bullet points, but they're going to be bullet points that are strategic, they're not just going to be like, well, I have studied all these things and I've been in the profession for 25 years. But what did that look like? Help me understand. Paint the picture for myself, because this is your one shot. Right. And I always tell um, I always tell my uh, like my mentees and my staff, when you're going for a job, sell yourself like you're wanting to go get a job out Wall Street. <laughs> right. going wall, so you're going to show up you're going to do the thing this is mine I own this this is my position you're working at manifesting that but a lot of that comes in how you present yourself it's a whole package deal whole package deal so I really like all the tips that you just gave because I'm like yes exactly that's exactly
1: what it is so and and I love that you said branding yourself because that's exactly what it is I've had to have conversations with a few candidates, uh, who were amazing. I mean, I think, I think the world of them as people and, um, they're, you know, one is now a city manager and another one, um, a department head and, but I had to give them some feedback and some tips, um, moving forward with other searches because they didn't get the one that I presented them. And, it didn't have anything to do with their technical ability and their experience. It was how they presented themselves. And and this is going to sound really shallow, but one had a suit on that looked like it was a leisure suit from the seventies. And he wasn't that old. He was young. It's like, Dude, you could go to Men's Warehouse or Nordstrom Rack. I mean, I you know I can't assume that everyone's got a couple hundred dollars to throw down in a suit, and I would never want to assume that. But I think there's things that you can do to make yourself still look professional. Invest in something that you know you only wear it for interviews or if you're presenting to council. You know, it's that one suit. Keep it clean, clean shirt, clean tie for men. Shine your shoes. My dad taught me that. Um, it's it that's the package. And so one of one of them I had to tell him, I go, look, the focus was so much on the terrible suit that you had on that they couldn't even focus on who you were. So <laughs> moving forward, and you know what? I just saw him I've seen run into him a few times since then. And I saw him at the at the League of Cities and he had a, a beautiful navy blue suit on and a white shirt and just a crisp, you know, kind of bright red tie, and I'm like, looking good. I mean So he listened. I said, you just, I gave him the list of stores to go to that I thought would might even be even rosh, you know, places that you maybe find something inexpensive, but really update your wardrobe. And the same with women, you know, I've had some that were um, really, you know, 10 inch nails, and neon pink. And it's like, okay, that's fine. You know, I wish I could grow my nails like that. Mine are short, but in an interview, for in a director level position, they're looking at that kind of stuff. You know, it, it's it's not on me to tell you, but it's just I'm just giving you some tips. You know, how you present yourself. You know, it's it's important. Um, so yeah, branding. You know, Brand. them, it, practicing the interview. Pract- what look at some interview questions. How am I going to answer that question? Practice it. Record yeah. yourself on your cell phone if you have to. Do it with a friend. I know that. I mean, I even tell city manager candidates to, to practice. I mean, it's it's really important, especially if you're not real good with technology. Um, you know, being able to do that is. I think it's you'd be surprised on how you come across. Yeah. You know, that you know, don't be looking down in your notes. We don't want to see the top of your head. I use sticky notes. You know, and I told people use sticky notes. Put them on your screen. No one's gonna see them, only mm-hmm. you are, so that you're not looking down. So the worst thing to do in an interview is looking down at your notes. So I mean, so there's little things and that's all Zoom stuff, but still yeah. So Valerie, you can make a difference.
2: Get a quick question because you know, I sat on a couple of Zoom interviews during the pandemic and mm-hmm. you know, I, I one thing I did is as you can see our, our lighting's on point. My lighting's on point, you know, but I make it because that's I'm on, on, on the internet all the time. Your <laughs> lighting's on point, you're on the internet. But, you know, I've gone to interviews where I see like a like a shadow or the light, yes. you know, you, you're, so you're talking to the evil Dr. Claw, like, well, <laughs> tell me about your leadership. <laughs> <smiles>. <laughs> so, yeah, so we yes. get those things. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, we say, hey, invest in a camera. I mean, right. if you're, you know, you may not invest in that hundred dollar suit, but invest in that hundred dollar camera right. to make sure you have the proper lighting because I've you seen could you- even get a
1: lamp and put it on your desk. Yep. And take the shade off and you'll have light on your face. Yeah. Um, so I give, I every time I have candidates that are moving forward with the zoom interview, I tell them watch a couple council meetings, you know, take a look at the city budget, revisit the job brochure,
2: right? make
1: sure your technology is working, dress for the job and make sure your lighting is good. Those are the tips I give to everyone who moves forward in an interview. Um, it, it's so important. You want to be able to see the person again, like Cecilia said, you know, that, that, that first impression of, you know, on Zoom isn't the best for anyone. So give yourself an advantage and make sure all of that is dialed in.
2: No, I a hundred percent agree. It's, you know, my first suit that I uh, did an interview panel, I actually got it from the Goodwill. Yeah. yeah.
1: You do what you got to do, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. I, you know, at that time I was a, uh, uh, I believe it was a CSO a parking enforcement officer going into a code enforcement role. You know, I remember, you know, Trying to go for that job And at that time You know I was in that budgetary Where you said You know You don't know Yeah Hey Get shampoo We have
1: all been there (laughs) Yeah Yeah I remember I think when I was younger And I'm going to age myself here I think there was a place Called Dress Barn Or something like that Or Where it was like Really cheap suits And I remember going And I'm like Wow This is great I you know
0: (laughs) know Yeah And, And it's so important Because And this is probably Not the greatest example But I I've done a lot of uh, expert witness testimony um for our field and and spend a lot of time you know at um hearing you know rooms at, at court and i'll tell you that in in the hallways and passing for like traffic court or any type of other court you usually hear the bailiff say if anybody needs a suit we have a we have a loan library or a loan closet down the first floor go ahead and grab yourself a suit or a jacket and for men and women so even with that, right, if, if they're making it accessible, because again, you're going before somebody and you're, you're causing that or creating that first impression, you wanna show up Presentable, um, and and I want to go back to something that you did, you just said about nails because I got nails and I think that that just resonated with me because um, I'm I, jealous. Well, no, 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 no. My, my sisters would always tell me, "Aren't you going to get color or anything on your nails? Aren't you going to do this and all the bells and whistles?" And I always say, you know, I always keep it classy at the top and at the bottom. So my toes are always the fun ones. I I explore a little bit more and I do the colors and the things. And I always try to have like a nice clean manicure for my for my nails because again yes it's it's all on the brand it's all on how you're presenting yourself and it's all about how people are perceiving and even though you have a mentality of well this is me yes it is but you still have to kind of fine-tune who you are just to make sure that you know again your brand that first impression you're hitting it on point every single time
1: yeah and my comment was more like for the interview
0: once you get the job Fine. Do your thing, yeah. Do your thing. Have yeah. at it. Yes, exactly. Because I've done that. I'm like, okay, I gotta go switch it up and make it nice and classy, you know. Um, but no, no I, I I do that a lot, and because I've presented a lot before council, and I've done testimony at the state level for legislation that has always been on the back of my mind. I love my nails, so I'm going to keep them, but also <laughs> I have to kind of show up a certain way, you know? Uh, <laughs> time and place for everything. That's the <laughs> the opinion. But yes, you're right. Once you get that job, then you're in like fling, you're good. <laughs> you
2: know, Valerie, and it's funny because men don't have that problem with the nails so much, you know, so, and it was funny. And I'm going to tell you a quick story, another quick story. I, you know, when I could, I wasn't getting hired to be a supervisor and I was out of the military and, you know, I used to shave my head and that was my look, you know? Mm-hmm. And then one time I was talking to him, I was really honest with my um, HR director and I said, Hey, I can't, nobody's hiring me. She goes, do you want me to be honest with you? I'm like, sure. She goes, nobody's going to hire a Cholo. That's what she told me. Oh, and, wow. And Interesting. Goes, I, I, and I looked at myself and I'm like, you know what? You're right. And That's where this hair came about. You know, the glasses <laughs> just I happen to be old and my eyes to keep getting out of whack. But this became my look, my hair and my thing. You know, mm-hmm. once in a while throwing a dodger hat and sorry, I know you guys are both from the San Francisco area. I apologize.
1: She giants one.
2: She wants to set a torch to all my hats back here.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> too many.
2: No, but that became my look. You know, this became my brand, like you said, you right. know. Like, and, and it's funny because when I don't wear my glasses, people don't recognize me. And I finally got the whole cart Kent, uh, you know, the whole thing. I'm like, how do you not recognize Superman? I, I, finally got it. Like when I don't wear my glasses, nobody recognizes me. You know, with you, <laughs> your your brand is your hair, your black hair. You know, your smile—that's you. You know, every time I see it, I'm like, hey, that's Valerie. Oh uh, yeah. You know, well, something? you know what?
1: And I think that that the fact that that HR director told you that—I mean, I think she did you. Um... She did you a huge favor. She did. And it's hard. And it's it's that as a recruiter, as an HR, sometimes you have to tread lightly with some of those things. Like I told you, I gave the advice to that gentleman about his suit. Yep. That was not a comfortable conversation. You think that would just roll off my lips because I'm always telling my husband what I think he should should wear. Um, but, you know, just having to be careful. And, and I think that's why... If you can develop relationships, whether it's with an H- HR director or a recruiter or both or a mentor, where they can be really direct with you and honest with the feedback and you're not offended by it, I think is huge. Because I think we, you don't realize how you how your branding is unless someone else can give you some feedback. Oh. Uh, and, and that HR director telling you that and giving you that advice, I'm sure that was like a little bit of a sting, but it, you, it allowed you to self-reflect um you know uh, me giving advice to other candidates about just quirky things or things that maybe they can fix it's more of a physical whether it's just behaviors maybe they weren't aware of you know but being able to to have that conversation isn't the most fun but when i have a good enough working relationship with someone i love when i can do that and it makes a huge difference and i just recently had that happen where I was able to kind of give some advice on just something, something small and physical that was happening during the interview, this candidate was unaware of, made the made the adjustment, got the job, just got an offer.
0: Yeah, and I think because the focus should
1: be on what you're saying, not. Not how you necessarily look or what you're doing. You, can't, you know, I think it's. Yeah. I talk with my hands. So. Yeah. yeah, me too. Me too. You're right. It's distracting when someone's I got these black nails, which you know <laughs> is not professional, but I love it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but you're, you're the president of Bob la, la presidente. Bob is la <laughs> Yeah, that's right yeah. but you know what
2: that just says a lot about you and you know your your work culture you can be honest with your staff and they're not offended you have a you build that trust you know we have to have those difficult conversations you know and then there's a reason why people reach out to you you know because you, they realize that you're a genuine person they can trust mm-hmm. you you know because when people reach out to me they don't know me and they reach out and they ask for advice i give them the advice when i can and because you know we come out, that's our brand. We're putting out there like, hey, we're here to help you. We're here to motivate right. you. We're, you know, we're here to empower people. And this is why we reached out to you. You know, not other firms because we know we, we see the the positive impact that you put out into the world, and we'd love to have that in our in in our sphere of, you know, uh, of network of people, you know, right. you're not in code enforcement, but you know what? You recruit code enforcement directors, yes. um, you know, community development directors that oversee right. code enforcement. Right. So for us, it's important for us to be able to bring that nexus into what we do. And, you know, that that's so important for us. So, you know, I, I know we're, you know, and it's funny cause an hour's almost up. So, know. You, know, <laughs> you know, another thing is, you know, a lot of times people do get land that job. And, you know, they do get that offer. And a lot of times folks are short-sell themselves by not asking for what they're worth. And, you know, and a lot of times, you know, you people say there's a range from A-step to like F-step. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times they get offered A-step and they're so like jumping on it because, hey, I, get that, I finally get that title. But, you know, the compensation isn't quite there. So you're taking a pay cut. So right. is there any tips for negotiating salary that you may have for, for our audience that, you know, taking that next step.
1: So typically, and, you know, when, when you're going to a search firm, I represent the client, mm-hmm. not necessarily the candidate. So I, as much as I want to say you should be asking for more, I have to be careful with that because I represent the council or the city, the county. Um, but what I do speak to is when you're making a job move, you know, typically even in in, in, in the public sector, it's a, you can look hopefully at a 10% raise um, minimum. That doesn't always happen. You can ask for more. Um, I always say ask for, this, ask for as the max that you ask for, reach for the sky. They can come back and counter. You know, why set the bar low, set it high. So look at what the outgoing director was making or manager was making, because that's all public knowledge. If it's, you know, in California, transparent California, you can get a sense, go to the website, look at HR, look at what the, the range is. If you're not working with a recruiter, otherwise the recruiter can provide that to you or it'll be on the job flyer. And, you know, what are you worth? I always, why not ask for the almost close to the max or the max and let them negotiate down. They're going to be pretty, if you're working with a recruiter, they're going to tell you pretty upfront, look, they're not going to, that's the high range. They're not going to, they're not going to touch that. So, you know, set your expectations. So maybe don't ask for the low, ask then maybe the next step down, let them come back and counter. That's, it's a negotiation for a reason. Um, you're not ruling yourself out. Don't be afraid. Just, you know, ask for those things. You ask for extra vacation. If you're transferring, you've already got four weeks and they only offer two. They can say no, but it doesn't hurt to ask. Right. You know, I think, um, and I've, I've just done this with um, some family members, you know, helping her negotiate. And it's like, okay, you need you, you're work. You're already making this, but you need to ask for this. Yeah. You Because know, if you stay, you're going to get a raise anyway, and so double that. Your raise might be 5%, and you're leaving the organization, you should be asking a minimum of 10%. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that's my, those are my tips. That might be a little bit different, more if going from entry level to maybe a, a lead or supervisor, but I still think it, it applies. It doesn't hurt to ask. Put it in there, and if they say no, they'll counter. They're not going to say no and not give you the job, let them counter. Uh, really? We do that here, hiring. You know, put people in my office. You know, I, I like to see people be a little more aggressive in that area, but be flexible as well. If you really are not driven by the money, and they come back and counter, and it isn't the top, you have to be understand whether. I mean, realize whether is this really the place I want to work? Right. You know, even though I'm not going to make the max amount of money I thought I was going to make, but is the culture? Is it the organization? Is it is it the projects? Is that what excites me excites you, then accept the position. But always ask for near the top or the top. Um, yeah. you know, I say that with city managers, executive directors, department heads, you know, manager level folks. It doesn't hurt to ask. Yeah. And a lot of people don't. They get they get a little nervous or afraid about that or oh, you know, I don't want them. No, do it. Why wouldn't you? And you should be asking for a raise in your current organization. Right. Especially, you know, if you're working your tail off and you're meeting your accomplishments and your goals, you should be in there talking it, to your boss.
2: It, you know, one of the things that I see is a lot of people get, you know, become afraid to ask, you know, they're afraid to ask. And I always say, hey, if if, if you don't ask, the answer is always going to be no. So right. you, you need to ask at least sometimes, you know. and. Right. know when it comes to you know uh promoting yourself there's a lot of people that have that problem talking about like you said some women have problem talking about themselves or they feel like it's arrogant to talk about their accomplishments Uh or even ask for you know for that raise how does one get over that hump of that um you know that hump of uh being too modest you know i would say that's the word how does one get over that because i'm not modest i'm like hey
1: Oh, we know you're not. (laughs) Uh, That's good. Uh, You know, sometimes it's kind of your personality. So that's hard when you've Mm -hmm. got that kind of personality, if that's just your personality trait to be a little more modest or a little bit more, you know, that you're not comfortable talking about money. So find someone in your life that can help you, motivate you to do that. Put together your list of maybe your top, you know, five accomplishments and... Uh, great things about yourself. Have someone else write down those some things about you that are fantastic. A peer or your current supervisor before you've asked them for a raise. You know, what nice. am I doing You're right? What do you see that I'm doing? Where, what areas do I need to improve? And what do you think I'm doing? Kind of like a pros and cons list. Have them give you that feedback before you ask for the raise and then see which list is longer. Yeah, <laughs> and then you go is back to the raise and say, hey, by the way, look what I'm doing really well according to you <laughs> well, 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 right right you know,
2: so and, you know we, we say we're always lifetime learners i just you know what i've never thought of somebody writing a list for me what you know what makes cecilia so special i, I have a million things I, I could tell you what makes her not special you know her laughing at me when you're saying i'm not modest <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. still you know and i never thought of that and you know what actually that is a good point because a lot of times we we accomplish so much. We never take time to reflect our own accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Say, hey, I did this. You know, you being a first-generation Latina, you know, you know. I know. I grew up not receiving the compliments like, "Hey, you're so good. You're so smart. You do, you know. You just it was expected of you. Hey, yeah. that's your job. You're, 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 hey,
1: I can make good tortillas. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and I was yeah. supposed, I was supposed to be a nun.
2: That's awesome. <laughs> never gonna happen. You know, no, but you know, you know. When you when you get down to it, it's it's, it's funny being you know growing in in, in that uh, environment. Like I never, you know, I. You know, I've been in the police uh, department. I've been in the uh, military. I first mm-hmm. graduated person. You know, like my parents was like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> but, you it's know, a different it's
1: generation. Like, the yeah. generation is very different. My parents were like mm-hmm. that too. They've gotten, di- they've changed. I'm on the oldest of uh, four kids, not a huge family, but four. So I've got two sisters. And then my brother, he's golden child. He's the baby. <laughs> so we could do no wrong. And so it was just different how they... my parents, their style of parenting, they were young. My dad left for Vietnam when I was born. And so it's just a different time. And so I think how they raised us was a little bit of a reflection of how they were raised. And so, um, but I grew up with a lot of strong aunts, especially my dad's sisters, very strong opinionated Latino women. Um, And my grandma was too. So it's just, I think that helped with me being a little bit more aggressive on what I want and going for it. Um, but there was also that passive side where, you know, all the men sat down and ate dinner and then the women, we fed them cleaned up. And then we sat down and ate. I still do that at home. I'll serve my husband and my two boys and I'm standing there in the kitchen and Gary's like, sit down and eat with us. I'm like, oh, you're right. What am I doing? It's just a cultural thing. And I'm not complaining. I love it. I mean, I love cooking and all that kind of good stuff too and that's you know instilled in my family but
2: and running a business and you know yeah, right. meeting at the top of the top <laughs> which is you know i i went through the list of your um your executive searches and saw some of the people that place and they're industry leaders within themselves and the fact that you're able to place them and have that network it's it, it tells and you know and when they're gonna do an executive recruit search, you know, they're, they're looking at your company because you know what, right. you've done them a solid. I mean, right. you know.
1: We get a lot of repeat business. Yeah,
2: and, yeah. and, and it, it tells because you know what, just coming across from the stuff that you put out, the sponsorships that you do, the talks mm-hmm. that you go to, it, it tells a lot about your your industry, I mean, your personal business uh, culture. And you know what, it's embracing and I love it. That's why we invite you to these kind of things, saying, hey, you know what, we love what we do in code. enforcement. Right. You know, it really has nothing to do with recruiting, but we do come through it and we want an industry expert to say, Hey, this is what we do. This is right. where we're at. So, you know, I really thank you for coming on today. It's, you know, yeah, it's been, uh, been fun. you know, Yeah, I'm in the business
1: of people, you know, so that's, and you are too. So you get it. Yes. We get it.
2: You know, we, we live on the Internet, which is fun. And, and people always ask, how do you get anything done, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> let let yeah. just
0: get, I, I want to go back to a point that you made about asking for your wages. You know, I, I had a uh, building official once tell me, you know, I didn't because I, I questioned, why didn't I get this certain wage? And he mm-hmm. said to me, well, <clears throat> you didn't ask. And after that, that shift my my train of thought with that. And he said, you always, exactly what you said, Valerie, you always want to ask for what you think you're worth. Go with that. And you never know where you're going to land. They may say yes. They may say no. They may meet you in the middle. You never know. But you always want to ask, don't ever sell yourself short. And that was straight from a building official. So after that, I was like, you got it. You know, if I feel that this is where I'm at, and I like the the tip that you gave on the list, it's okay. Well, tell me tell me what you think I'm doing right. Also tell me the things that can improve. And then you come back and you know, well, these are all the great things. And also I've improved all these things. So right. now let's talk about my wages, right? right. So um, I think that's, that's awesome. And and like you, I'm a let, uh, uh, the youngest in my family of four, four five with one brother. So I totally get that. Uh, my golden <laughs> child can never do no wrong. My boy, so bless his heart, my brother. I love him to pieces, but yeah, no, I, it's been such a great chat i've i've you know you resonated a lot with um some of my thought process and also i've learned a lot from you as well so that's that's always really really great and i appreciate it
1: well it's been a lot of fun i really really appreciate you guys having me on it's a great way to spend the morning
2: Isn't yeah it? you know you're, you're a quick bump to the to the day you know the full of energy i love it Wow. Know. it's a triple mocha that's I why <laughs> you know, we're all running on caffeine so it's <laughs> <laughs> well thank you uh valerie and everybody Bob Marine associates excellent recruiting firm uh, you know great people they crank out uh, and place in different jurisdictions so we love it um thank you for being an inspiration to others that you know just even if they're not a recruiting uh thing just being out there, being present, it's, it's so important. And we are really appreciate your time today.
0: Yeah, and you know what? Okay. As we're wrapping up Women's History Month, we are so pleased that at our last March segment, we had a fierce Latina here with us talking to us about, you know, giving out their great service, branding yourself, making sure you hit those notes when you're trying to get that job and becoming a better, a better uh, professional, if you will. So yeah. thank you. All right, fantastic.
2: Thank you. We will see you next week uh, we, we'll come to you with another guest and another topic and uh, join us on Friday with Code Concess with myself and Rachel Patterson. Uh, that's a whole different other show. And today we feature people. We featured Valerie today. So awesome. Thank you, everybody. And we will see you again next week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.